The pitch, Gorman swings and it's a high fly ball. He put a charge into it. Deep right field, first major league home run. Gorman with a high fly ball in the right field. This is at the track, this ball is gone. Two two pitches hit hard and deep to right field. Get up, and it does. A big fly for Nolan Gorman. All right, welcome back to the Chatters Box. My name is Kyle McClellan and I am joined with the Cardinals rookie, Nolan Gorman. Nolan, thanks for uh, joining us today and digging into the, to the Chatters Box. I want to dive into a little bit of before you got to the Cardinals, uh, pretty impressive youth career. Um, so talk about growing up in Arizona and uh, kind of your high school days briefly, and then we'll get into uh, minor league and, and big league days here in St. Louis. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I started playing baseball when I was three years old. Um, you know, started with T-ball, coach pitch. I uh, played literally a couple years, uh, two years, and um, then just started going into travel ball at, I think, about seven years old. Uh, always played up in age. Um, I don't know, you know, why. I think that was, you know, just kind of the coaches I grew up with, their sons were always a little bit older. So uh, played up in age. I think it helped me quite a bit, um, you know, just as far as competing and, and failing and, you know, trying to learn how to be as good as those older guys. And, uh yeah, so did that, and um, then finally joined a team that was my age, and uh, we ran together through, uh, I think, to the beginning of probably freshman year of high school, and went to Cooperstown with that team, um, did a lot of different tournaments, a lot of traveling with that team, and uh, it was really, you know, the team that I think developed me into kind of who I am today, and then went to another team in Florida when I got into high school, started playing bigger tournaments, and uh, we had a really good team there, really close team. And, um, yeah, I mean, d- did a lot of things together. So your high school career, what was impressive to me is you you had pretty consistent numbers from freshman year all the way through your senior year. You know, like it wasn't like, hey, getting my feet wet and then really spiked. I mean, you were from your freshman year, sophomore year, you were a solid hitter, already had power, already hitting for average, uh, making a name for yourself, you know, the home run uh, champion in, in Florida, like you said, but then you were also part of Team USA. What was that experience like? Yeah, I mean, um, with Team USA, it's you know obviously super special to have have USA across your chest, and um, I think the coolest thing was I was able to do it with you know my buddy Libby and then uh, another guy Mason Denenberg from the same club team growing up, and uh, you know just kind of experience and now we had a really good group of guys uh all together and we kind of just clicked as one unit and coaching staff was really good um and you know just being able to to go out there and represent my country and um you know ended up bringing back gold and you know doing all that so uh it was you know super special to me and, and one of the most more exciting you know moments uh, I've had in my career so you mentioned Libby so you and Matthew Libertor been teammates when when was the first year you guys were to, how old were you when you guys were first together I want to say we were about five years old isn't that um, crazy like yeah. I, I know people have talked about it a lot you know since you guys came up called up the same day when he got traded over we were on the caravan together with mm-hmm. the two of you guys and got to hear that story you know of how close you were but I mean there's millions of kids that play baseball very few get drafted you guys are both drafted in the first round you know, supporting each other. Then all of a sudden traded the organization, come up together. And, you know, Libby's been up and up and down as most young guys do. You know, it's hard to, to get up here and stay, kind of put your time in and go back down, work on some things and come back up. But 
that time you guys like you guys ever just look at each other and be like, what in the world? What what is going on? Like how in the world did this happen? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, when we both got drafted, um, obviously separate separate teams, we kind of I wouldn't say we grew apart, but we you know just kind of did our own things. Obviously, baseball season super busy, um, so we kind of just did our own things for a little bit. Off season, we'd see each other a little bit. And, you know, we just kind of talk about how crazy it would be if, you know, we ended up playing on the same team one day or, you know, anything like that. Um, and I want to say that next offseason was <laughs> when he got traded over here. And it was, uh, you know, I kind of I think it kind of, you know, brought us back together and, and uh, not like we were ever apart. Right. But, um you know, brought us back together and, you know, I, can't, I think kind of lit a fire in both of us to, you know, want to be up here and 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 help this team win. That's awesome. So it's such a cool story. And um, so you get drafted first round by St. Louis, you come in and, and I remember, so I was in spring training doing broadcasting some spring training games and I'm down around the cage and I, I don't think you were in camp, right? 2019, you were not in camp, no, just, but you came up a couple of times. Yep. And so you're taking BP before the game and I was around the cage and I was like, who is this kid? And they're like, oh, by the way, he was in high school last year. <laughs> you know, and it was, I mean, you were 18 years old yeah. at, at at Big League Camp getting some at-bats, hit a home run, I think, in that first game there. Mm-hmm. Um, but early on, I mean, somebody that I didn't know much about you, knew the name, knew the draft, but just the first time I watched you, I was like, this, this kid is different. And then to think, I can't imagine this kid in a high school uniform last year facing kids throwing, you know, 86 miles an hour. Um, can't imagine the numbers he would put up, but you know you were impressive from early on. But then as you watched in that spring and you got some at bats there, you could see like he's young, right? Like there's some things that he's a little on his front side and the swing and things like that. So then two years go by and you come up and to me you're a totally different hitter. Do you think that's accurate or do you? I mean, what what are those changes that that you made from being a young kid to now because you came through the system, you know, relatively quick, especially for a young position player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you're completely right. I am a completely different hitter than I was when, you know, I was coming up two years ago. Um, you know, it's just small adjustments, um, nothing too crazy, but, you know, uh, pretty much just leveling out my swing and not being so steep into the zone and uh, kind of fixed a little bit of swing and miss here and there, uh, especially on, you know, pitches down the middle and, and whatnot. So last year was a good year for me. Um, as far as, you know, seeing it all kind of work out from 2020, working all of that COVID year, and then, you know, 2021, finally getting to, to put it to work. Um, it was good to see. And, and, you know, we're just working every day on trying to trying to keep that because, you know, I've swung a certain way my whole life. And now I'm just making these small adjustments here and there. I got to, you know, just each and every day just come out and, and try to improve you know, on, on the little things that I'm working on. So, um, as, but nothing, nothing crazy as far as huge swing adjustments, just small things here and there that, you know, just help me get better and be able to compete at this level. So when you talk about COVID, explain that year, because I, I think about it from, from my standpoint, and I was like, man, the minor league guys are the guys getting hosed in this, and nobody even knows or cares because they don't understand it, right? But, I mean, you're, you're missing a whole year of development – I know they tried to do some mini camps and get guys as, as much as they can, but the minor league season got canceled, correct? Yeah. So most guys aren't playing. And, you know, what people don't realize is that minor league life 
is very short lived, right? I mean, you're you're trying to develop every year. So there's now there's a whole year taken away. What did you do during that time? How did you continue to try to to improve and get better when you know there was no games being played? Yeah, I think uh, spring training was canceled um, or postponed, whatever, in March, and so I went home, uh, hung out for a little bit. wasn't really sure what was going to happen if we we're going to start up, you know, in, in just a little bit after that. Uh, started here, you know, things probably weren't going to start up, especially in the minor leagues. Um, so we got a we got a pretty big group together. I think at some point we probably could have fielded two two teams and played a an actual game, but we got a lot of minor league guys together out in Arizona and just started doing a lot of live ABs out there just to stay ready. All Make, different levels. Yeah, yeah, literally. I mean, some guys had big league experience. Some some guys, you know, low A rookie ball, whatever. It didn't didn't really matter. Um, we just wanted to get as many guys as possible to to be able to com- continue to de- develop, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it, it was it was really cool to see. I think there was a couple different groups. I know there was a group in California that was working, uh, kind of doing the same thing as we were. I had a couple buddies over there doing it, and uh, I think you know that was huge for a lot of a lot of guys because they could continue to develop. And they're around, you know, some guys that had experience in the big leagues or, or whatever. So everyone was just talking baseball and and uh, having a good time, kind of, you know, stress free out there. But uh, then I ended up going to the the alternate site in Springfield and being able to continue working with the coaching staff here and uh, you know continue my development over there. Yeah, that that's just to me mind blowing. You know, like to have a whole year where you're off and lose that momentum um, and, and lose the training and instruction that you have. And then, so you jump back in and obviously didn't miss a beat, you know, do well, start out this season in Memphis. Um, and obviously you're, you're the talk, right? So everybody's like, when's he coming up? When's he coming up? There's other guys that are coming up ahead of you. Like how, how did that play with you? Were you paying attention to that? Did you hear that, that chatter? Um, you know, how did you stay focused in what you were doing and, and continue to put up big numbers there in Memphis? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, for me, I'm just I'm always happy when when someone gets called up for the first time. Um, you know, to to go live out their dream of of playing in the big league. So it wasn't really a thing of, you know, you know, when's it my turn? Why aren't they calling me up? Why are they calling these other other guys up? That's not going to do me any good to to worry about that stuff. You know, just be excited for those guys that get the opportunity to do it, and then you know want to go up there and do it with them. Um, and it was good to see guys like Yepes and Donovan come up here and Palante start the year here and, and have success right away. And for me, you know, it kind of drove me even more to have more success down in Memphis to, you know, have them call me up and come do it up here, you know, with those guys that I've come up through the system with. So um, that was, you know, it was super awesome to have, you know, Donovan and, and Yepes come up here Um you know, and get to hear BJ tell them that they're coming up and everything, uh, the manager down in, in Memphis. Mm-hmm. So it was uh, it was a good time. You know, we got to celebrate with them. And then, you know, when it was my turn, just come up here and, and try to play the same game. Yeah, and that's got to be nice to see other guys come up, have success. It gives you the confidence that, hey, when it is my turn, I know I can play with those guys. You know, I know I can mm-hmm. do the same thing they're doing. Yeah. Um, one change that had to happen for you is they made a trade for a pretty good third baseman. <laughs> so when that happens, you're in the minor leagues and they come to you immediately and say, hey, we got a guy that's, you know, going to be at third base for a long time. We want to transition you to second base. What is that transition like? And I'm also curious to, has Skip Schumacher at all 
you know, played a role in, in giving you any tips because I played with Skip, and he made that change mm-hmm. from outfield to second base. And now third base to second, probably a little easier transition than outfield yeah. to second that Skip had to do. But still making that adjustment here at the major league level with the expectation of that, um, just talk a little bit about that that change. Yeah. Um, when that whole thing happened, it was kind of uh... – I don't know, I would say maybe eye-opening to, you know, the the business side of baseball and, you know, wanting to get the best players for your team to, to win. And, um, you know, I had a choice to make. Either I, you know, sit there and be like, why'd they just do that? Or I'd figure out, play a new position and, and try to be in the same lineup as him and and uh, have success and help, help him help the team win as well. So um, that's what I did. I mean, I called uh, Randy Flores and talked to him about it and, you know, he said, how's second base sound? I said, great, let's go do it. And uh, ended up going to spring training a little early that year, worked with uh, Cheo and um, got good work down there and, you know, just kind of progressed throughout the year last year at second base and uh, eventually um, just kind of came came to me and, you know, had, had success in uh, Memphis when I went up there and I was kind of playing it more consistently and, uh, I've loved it ever since. What's what's the big difference? I mean, you know, so you're on the infield, you're getting ground balls, you know. So why is it different from third base to second base? What are the biggest changes you had to make? I mean, third base, you're kind of like a hockey goalie. Um, you're, you know, it's a step and a dive to to most balls that you're going to get to, and uh, at second base, you're you're able to range more, you know, sprint for balls and dive for them, and and uh, I think probably one of the more challenging things is turning double plays. Um, you know, obviously at third base, you're not doing that. You're the one throwing it to them. And, uh, so just being able to learn how to transfer and get a clean grip every time and, uh, make a good throw, make sure you get that out first at, at, uh, second base and, um, you know, really just figuring out which, which way you're going to go across the bag, everything. There's a lot of small details over there around the bag, but, uh, yeah, like you said, Skip has been helpful over there as well. We've talked, you know, quite a bit about second base and his tra- transfer or his, yeah, his move from, mm-hmm. over from the outfield there. So, um, yeah, he's played a, a big role in it as well. well. And Skip, I remember, you know, they, they came to him and Tony said, we want you to play second. And he, he's like, man, I don't know why, but I'll do it. You know, like he, he put it in and he was frustrated because in spring training, every air, he, he could feel it and feel it. And, and everybody's like, man, just stay with it. You're going to get there. You're, you know, everybody understands what you went through and, mm-hmm. um, ultimately getting him, you know, that, that infield time made our team better. And Tony kind of saw that. And, you know, a lot of credit for you to, to you for, for seeing that and understanding that, you know, you can play third base and triple a, you know, but that, that's not the goal, right? The goal is to be here. And, uh, and you see it with Edmund, you see it with, you know, so many guys when they come up, you know, yep. As we, I talked to Albert on this podcast and when he first came, he's playing the outfield, you know, and it's just like, wherever I got to do to get there, and then you kind of find your way. So yep. it's not easy. It, it's it, people think, well, it's just ground balls is the same. It is so much <laughs> different. It is so hard, and the pressure to do it at this level. Because yeah. if you make a mistake, you know you you sense that you feel yeah. like you're letting your team down, and you know you're out of your comfort zone, right? Like, man, if I was a third, I wouldn't have made that error. But yeah. here I am trying to do this, putting myself out there as a young player. But it hasn't affected your offensive side, uh, which has been extremely impressive as well. Your defense has been you know, I think better than people expected and what they talked about. And offensively, 
you know, people talk about power coming last. Your power hasn't come last. Your power is there. The pitch, Gorman swings, and it's a high fly ball. He put a charge into it. Deep right field, first major league home run as it sails over the Cardinal bullpen. Nolan Gorman gives his friend Matthew Libertor a 1-0 lead. You don't see many lefties in this stadium go over the bullpen. Um, usually it, it ends in the bullpen, but you, you, you've had that power. And that's where I go back to high school. You had that power all the way through, you know, that's always been a part of your game, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, for sure. It's, uh, you know, something I'm kind of trying to work on too is, you know, knowing that my power is there and, and not having to do too much for that power to come out. So, um, that's definitely something that, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, they've got that hit first and then the power comes later, like you're saying. I think for me, I got to, you know, slow it down a little bit, and, you know, really take control of the box and and uh, get a good pitch to hit and, and know that if I get a good pitch to hit and I'm on time, that good things will happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Albert, what's that been like? You were, I looked it up before you came in, you were 14 months old when he made his <laughs> debut. Have you ever told him that? Have you brought that up to him? I think I did. I think I did. Uh, we talked about it. I think one of the first times I got here to Bush. So, um, yeah, it's it's crazy, you know, to think about that and uh, to have watched him growing up and uh, for literally my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being in the same clubhouse with him and getting to talk and and learn, you know, just from his experiences. And um, I mean, third time all extra base hits, like it's crazy. Yeah, so what's it like to be able to pick his brain? Cause I, and the thing I was impressed about most of them is I'm, I'm assuming he's still the same way, but he works. I mean, it, he's in the lineup every day, and he would be one of the first ones here, and he would be in that cage taking hundreds of swings off the tee and doing all his work before he goes out. And it was always for me to watch our best player and the best player in all of baseball outwork everybody, set the tone mm-hmm. for everybody else around. Yeah. Yadier Molina works too. I strongly believe Yadier Molina works hard because Albert Pujols showed him that this is how we're going to go about doing it. Um, but what's that like watching his every day, day in and day out, you know, routine of of preparing himself to do what he does? Yeah, I, I completely agree. He's you know here the he's one of the first people here every day. Um, you know, putting in work and and you've seen over the last couple of days, it's been you know translating to to in game. Um, it's been you know, unbelievable for my development and in my career. I think just just watching him, at you know, um, the end of his career, be able to still put in the work and and have the drive to go out there. You know, me as a a young young player, 22 years old. You know, see that out of someone you know 20 years older than me. Um, it's just you know, it makes me want to want to do good for him. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of uh, it's one of those things, like more of like a respect thing for him, you know, put in the work so that he has a chance, you know, for a World Series at the end of the year or something, you know. So, um, and you don't want to let him down. You don't want him, exactly. you don't want him to look at you and be like, come on, man, you're not doing anything. Exactly. I mean, that, and that's how when your best player in the locker room is also your hardest worker. And we've been fortunate here in St. Louis. Adam Wainwright's there. Chris Carpenter was that. Matt Holliday, you know, Yachty. Mm-hmm. We've had so many of those that young guys like you, it sets the stage for you to come in and say, there's a there's a model here, right? Mm-hmm. If I can just follow this, I'm gonna have a pretty good opportunity to be pretty successful. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's 
that's I think the biggest thing that I've noticed here is just you know we've got a lot of good players in that locker room and all of those good players put in a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So it's been it's been really good for me to see. Last question here before we get you out. Um, what what's the biggest adjustment been? So coming up from AAA to the big leagues, that's a big jump, right? So every level for those that don't know, A ball to Double A, it's a big jump. A, high, low A to high is a big jump. High A to double A big jump. Double A to triple A is a big jump. But triple A to the big leagues is the biggest. What, what's what been that adjustment like for you? What What are the things that you've really had to adapt to? I mean, I think uh, every day is kind of um, you come in here and you've got what triple A's best arm would be every single day on the mound. So just being able to come here and have a good game plan and doing a lot of studying on the different pitchers and, and how they are attacking guys like yourself um, as a hitter is much more extensive than what it is in AAA. And, and just being able to, I think, almost dumb it down in a way so where it's not so much information. I think you got to be able to really solidify what you need and um, – you know, just just go with that. It's it's not a, it's not like you get up here and and you're getting handed all this more bunch more information. It's um, stuff that we've seen through the minor leagues. It's just now, you know, on a level that you got to produce and uh, you know make it count. So for me, I think the the biggest adjustment is just coming in here and uh, you know facing an ace every day. Um, you know, and being able to have success off of off of those guys can. You know, is what's going to make you stay here. So um, just being able to come out and, and have fun and, and still enjoy the game. Well, I, I appreciate you coming on the podcast here, and, and it's been fun for me to watch. I, like I said, I got to spend some time with you on the caravan and got to follow you, you know, from that point on. But to see you come up here and, and step in here for a team that needed you and, and to be a spark and, and to, to do what you're doing offensively and defensively, uh, has been a lot of fun. Watch you grow and, and mature here as well as a, as a player and and as a person. And uh, so it's been a lot of fun. So congratulations thank on you. the success and uh, thanks again for digging into the Chatters Box. Yeah, thank you.